Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. If your go-to card is a debit card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And there are no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. It just, when he <laughs> is doing the sexy time movements, it just makes me think <laughs> of like a flexible Ken doll. Like the, <laughs> the elbows move and the knees move. It's a lot. But there's, turn and yeah, you can turn rotate. the body. Yeah. And it's like sort of if you put your Ken doll in like a making out <laughs> position and put it on top of the Barbie. Yeah. Like yeah. somehow it just doesn't feel lifelike. Yeah. Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about The Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. What a week. Um, Not the fun, lighthearted episode of The Bachelor that... I was expecting or needing. It's been a really tough week in media. It was a, a heavy yep. week on The Bachelor. Uh, Emma and I and and our guests needed a lot of coffee, really, just to bring ourselves to the mic today. We're still we're, we're still guzzling, we're but here. we're we're powering through. We're somehow here, yeah. uh, we are joined, as you can tell from his voice, by Brett Vergara. Hello, <laughs> recently unemployed Brett yeah. Vergara, Thanks. joining you all. Thanks, Buzzfeed, uh, but. <laughs> Still an ardent bachelor tweeter extraordinaire. And so. listen, we have more time than ever to, to just tweet <laughs> we can nonsense just, into the void. And we can podcast so, just yeah, all exactly. day. And, you don't have to go back to the office. And as we were alluding to before, now we're literally just here to make friends. Yeah. Like there, There's no like little media tie that we need to do here. It's just so much friendship. <laughs> more tweeting, it. less getting paid. We I mean, it. even the bonds of friendship will oh, survive mm-hmm. the digital media bloodbath. We, yes, we're a family. We're going to be yeah. okay. We're going to yeah. be okay. That's what I keep telling myself. <laughs> it's fine. Fun transitional note, the women on The Bachelor don't get paid. I mean, it's mm, crazy how much unpaid labor I'm maybe, just surrounded like, by Maybe all they the time. should unionize. They should unionize. Someone, uh, Heather Schwedel, uh, not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, wrote about that for Slate this week. And uh, it was an interesting article all about the things that the women could collectively band together mm. to demand. And money did not come up. And I was like, <laughs> they, I mean, I think that's priority number one. Wait, they what, were they, what were they saying? It was like, oh, they could demand that they all get equal time with The Bachelor mm. and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, by the time it, the show had been unionized to that degree, there would be nothing left to watch. Yeah. It would just be women going on speed <laughs> dates with him and then, you know, sharing their hobbies. Uh, no one would be having a fight. Um, that's not what we got this week on The Bachelor. This week we we got some drama. Um, we're down to our final 15 girls. 
I'm starting to actually learn their names. There you go. Yeah. Look at that. I mean, there's still so many Hannahs and just, you know, the Hannahs, the, the whole Lauren, two. I'm the worried whole that we're going to have It's still a lot. You know, we're going to still... be doing last initials on the Hannahs for a while, which is annoying because Hannah G especially is kind of a front runner, I think. Yeah. But we're just going to have to keep calling her Hannah G because yeah. Hannah B is going to keep sticking around. So the thing is, too, is like Hannah G is a front runner, but I feel like I have not heard her like say like a full complete sentence. Colton loves that. I guess. I mean, that's just a theme. She's a beautiful blonde doll. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, she'll be around. And, and I'm yeah. sure she'll get a one-on-one yeah. soon yeah. and we'll be able to hear it's more from her. It's been longer than I expected, though. Her and Cassie. It's starting to get weird. Mm-hmm. Cassie's getting one next week, though. We saw right. the preview. Um, and it seems like Hannah G still know. But, uh, well, never forget that Catherine got her first one-on-one week six. On Sean's season, yeah. so okay, we're getting there. Yeah. What five? This week we're, was four. four. Oh, okay, so next week will be five. It feels Time like five. I don't know. <laughs> um, so it's crazy to to realize, given where we end the episode, but we start back in the L.A. mansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Harrison comes in and asks Hannah B. Kaylin, how are you doing? This was so dumb and produced. <laughs> it was- yeah, yeah. I like. I will admit, like it completely like went over my head how intentional it was. I was just like, oh, Chris is just completely not giving a fuck anymore. So I wish it was that, but I'm like, oh wait, okay. You know, I, I want to believe Chris is just like rolling out of bed, forgetting contestants' names. Like, well, what do you need me for? <laughs> what? what you- oh, okay. All right. I mean, but- it works because it's so believable that you would mix up honestly any two of these women, but especially if you just had associated them together because. They both were beauty queens and they hate each other and their names are not so rigorously attached to them in your head. So it's believable, but it was definitely produced. Just a little bit. Um, And Hannah says, well, my name is Hannah, but also uh, not great. You know, things were said about me that should never have been said and uh, it wasn't fun for her. Uh, Kaylin compares her to a gnat in an in-the-moment intercut, um, which seems like a completely different part of taping so who knows when she said Mm -hmm. that um but that's all just set up then chris says look there's no date today because we're going to a place that we've never been in the history of the show as far away as you can go in the world singapore They are traveling internationally so early Week this season. Four. This I is mean, like my a fantasy God. suites location. Yeah, it's that really, is. Yeah. And I was thinking, that like, is amazing. Like These with, girls are lucky. With like Becca's season, how they were in Virginia, like week eight. That's yeah. like what they really had to look Colton forward to. Colton was top four, and he only went to the Bahamas. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> which is great. Yeah, no, no. Sure, no but Bahamas, yeah. I'm just yeah. saying, these girls have made it, you he know. He didn't even have to pay half a million a dollars in. for it for a luxury villa in that on that particular trip. Sorry, that was a uh, fire, fire fest, fest reference. <laughs> Help um, me out here, guys. But yeah, clearly, <laughs> you know, The Bachelor carries uh, greater weight with these tourism boards. Um, mm-hmm. And I also have to assume Singapore wants to amp up their presence with a U.S. audience in the wake of Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah ride that wave a little bit. I really thought there was going to be a movie tie-in yeah. somehow and they yeah. didn't mention it. Yeah, yeah it's weird. I, often when there's a movie tie-in, it's a movie that still hasn't come out. True. So mm-hmm. I imagine yeah. they were just like, oops. It's like, oh, miss the opportunity. Oh, well. Yeah. If, if people haven't heard of Crazy Rich Asians by now, they're not going to be hearing about it from The Bachelor. It's yeah. like the same demographic. <laughs> um, so Onyeka points out that Colton has never left North America. Um and she, however, is not an international traveling virgin. 
Demi thinks he could lose his virginity in Singapore. Hannah G does not know where Singapore is. A lot of things (laughs) coming out. Wow, yeah, it was a lot. We need to talk about how she said, like, Singapore. Like, it just, I I could (laughs) not get over that. Like, I know everyone moved on so quickly, but it really upset me. Not (sighs) just the where, but also just the, like, it just, it it hurt me. It hurt me a lot. They really need to be giving out maps. Like, just bone up on your geography. Like, look, it's not my best subject either, but... (laughs) Also, imagine her surprise when she's like, oh, where is Singapore? And then she finds out she's in store for... A 17-hour flight. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. it's a bit far. It's a little bit far. Well, he said it's as far away as you can go in the world. So just, like, literally imagine the opposite side of the world. Yeah. That is kind of where it is. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty simple. Um, but yeah, then I mean, all of a sudden, they're there. They're there. It went very quickly. I wish my international flights were that fast. <laughs> um Colton has decided that he is just gonna is gonna accept that Hannah B and Kaylin don't like each other. He's just gonna like ignore that, basically. Why? Um, yeah, I mean, he probably should have done that to begin with, <laughs> right? Um, the girls show up at the Fairmont Singapore. From their room, they can see all of it, just and that's it. good because I know, don't think they you can't still... leave the room unless you get a date. So. That's true. It's based, but they do all get a date this week. I don't think that they actually still know what Singapore is. Um, that that was Hannah G again. She's still trying. Yeah, to I don't. It out. I, yeah, I don't. I don't trust her analysis. Um, the date card comes to their suite. Tasha, let's fall in love. I'm happy Tasha got a I date. I was very yeah. excited to because like she's just been this um, like person I wanted to see way more of. And it's like, right, okay, she's like, been a constant week, yeah. presence, but in this very low key way, kind right, of in the background. Right. So yeah, it's right. nice for her to get some. Some screen time on her own. Yeah. She's been sort of like a Cassie-style dark horse. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. He likes these really sweet, quiet girls, and they just don't really pop on camera, especially unless they get, like, a real one-on-one mm-hmm. setting because yeah. they don't talk that much in group settings. There's no drama. Um, well, and you're, if you're in, like, the world of the Demis and the yeah. beauty queens fighting, then it's a little hard to, you know, get... This episode was exhausting. It really (laughs) made me think, as I often do, about just how young these women are. Like, they were all, like, very – a lot of them seemed very, like – they're from, you know, middle class or upper middle class backgrounds. They're very Mm well-groomed. They're very, like – they have huge wardrobes. None of them seem that familiar with, like, the world outside of their, like, college town. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And they – they, a lot of them seem very tentative, mm-hmm. and it, it was. Uh, yeah. I, I sort of wished it was a slightly older. Cast. Yeah, no. Well, like for me, like I've really felt that so much this season in particular, just yeah. because usually I like Bachelor more than Bachelorette because like Bachelorette's about the women, Bachelorette's about the men. So it's like, oh, like so Bachelor, I'm going to see just like these really great relationships between women. That's the best part of the show, like the friendships that come out of it. But then I'm like. I, it took me a while to actually, like, really get into anybody this season because, yeah, yeah. it's like a younger crowd and I just, like, couldn't connect. Yeah. Know? But maybe I'm just I can only connect much. with people who are my age <laughs> historically and not a lot of 30-year-olds. Um, it's going to get harder and harder for me. Um, so Hannah B. is upset because she knows what happens on these one-on-ones. She knows. They're going to have so much fun. <laughs> Which is ironic because no one had fun on her one-on-one. And so if she imagined them having a one-on-one sort of similar to the one she had, then that's got to be reassuring, right? (laughs) They're going to awkwardly try to make conversation and fail. 
Uh, eventually, he'll just give her a pity rose. They're going to try to do like a toast thing, and <laughs> everyone's going to panic. Yeah. But they're so going to say some words that are very <laughs> real, that are real words, and they have real meaning. And they'll oh, yeah. go in an order that feels yeah. real. Oh, yeah. She'll be like, Colton now knows that he can't take the first toast, and Tasia's going to benefit from that. It's so unfair. <laughs> it's so unfair. I taught him, and now <laughs> she gets the finished product. Uh, Colton's video diary is back. Why oh, is this man. now a thing? Like, it's just not like vlogger Holden. I just yeah, really want to know. It's so bad. I want to know like what the goal is here. Like we're just like try something new. I guess. Right. I th- I do think they're trying to tap into like the the. I think they've decided this season. Fuck it. We're going for the influencer audience. <laughs> mm, like yeah. Hannah G's here. She's a front runner. They're they're willing to like call her a content, a content creator, creator, which is a clear reference to being an influencer. <laughs> the Colton thing is so much like it's like unboxing videos or something. Mm, He's just yeah. like, here I am, just like hanging out with my poor quality selfie video. <laughs> like, what's up? Um, he is no longer jet lagged because he has one night of sleep. Learning a lot from Colton. Wow, I wish that I had He has no idea what he's easily. in store for at that point. Um, but, like, we just learned nothing from these videos about him. And I think they're trying Except to— Except that he can sit in a bed shirtless and film himself. True. Ugh. I wish he sipping on his a coffee. Scale. Honestly, like, the, the coffee bit's relatable. We all had to. You know, sometimes yeah. you just need to, like, prep to get into things, I suppose. Yeah. But you don't necessarily need to video it. I mean, I feel like they're trying to get us to get to know him more. But we don't really learn anything about him from these videos. Yeah. We never really got the introduction to Colton's life because they've they've only talked about uh, his virginity. And then they spent all of the first episode, which normally does a little intro package for The Bachelor. They spent all of that on those watch parties. Oh, yeah. It, those delightful watch parties. Yeah. It's like we barely saw him. All we saw of him on Paradise was him being like, I don't know if I should date Tia. We still know, like, nothing about this guy. Yeah, very fair. Um, and so... I feel like they're trying to give us a connection to him, but it's mm-hmm. just as bland as as anything else they've shown us. Um, so he meets Tasha on a beach. She thinks the date card might mean waterfalls because oh. they're by the water. Well, um, and in fact, it is bungee jumping. This looked so terrifying. Oh yeah, like this just. I feel like I have. Um, I mean, we'll we'll get into it when they eventually bungee jump and especially her like I don't know if you're supposed to like go front first when you bungee jump or like how you're supposed to do it but I didn't like how like her body just like snapped like I I just I didn't love it I just like didn't really like I feel like I have phantom pains in my neck from just watching what I had to last night but, oh, yeah. It just looked horrifying. But it was a throwback because they used to do these kind of dates all the time where they would, you know, jump out of an airplane or scale a building or something. Um, Bungee jumping is a staple. Yeah. yeah. And it yeah. was it was meant to elicit, you know, a sort of a rush that yeah. allows there's like scientific backing <laughs> for this. Um, it allows people to form those connections more quickly. Uh, but they haven't done it in a while. But I guess they're bringing it back. They're bringing back the intense international travel. They're bringing back yeah. the, Bring back the high fear. octane <laughs> fear Lots dates. Fear. They Just have in terrorizing <laughs> their contestants. Been bringing the fear back to the Bachelor. Yeah, there's yeah. Demi. There's bungee jumping. Leeches. I'm terrified. There's, there's, there's so much leeches. Fear. Oh man, um, I never really thought about whether leeches were painful until this date. So thank you to the Bachelor <laughs> for that. Um, Colton, uh, I think that there has to be some level of what the the lead is willing to do. Mm-hmm. Colton is like, 
it's okay if I like have a grievous bodily injury now because I'm not going to play football. In fact, I have no discernible career. So why not? So like, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, it's just, just my health everything. and maybe yeah. the rest of my life. <laughs> um, but no, bungee jumping is probably very safe, I'm sure. Um, so they they do their their jump and then they get to get like strip into their swimsuits and spoon on the beach yeah, as yeah, you just, do. Just a little, you know, just like oh, whatever. We can just like mess around here, I suppose. I don't know. They yeah. they blew the budget on the bungee jumping and just going all the way across the world. Yeah. So it's like, all right, just hang out on the beach. I don't know. And now, and now we're at out. this like very tiny <laughs> beach, yeah. like right with like buildings right behind it. Yeah. And we're just going to um, hang. hang, hang, I guess, out. Yep. make out. Um, and time for the night date. Uh, we really zipped through this date. I thought they oh, yeah. they didn't have a lot to show us. Yeah, yeah. No, because both of them are pretty just agreeable people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't very stressful. It didn't seem awkward. Yeah, just she, chill. She didn't yeah. even really freak out about bungee jumping. They just yeah. kind of both did it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, we're used to seeing someone have a full-on panic attack. I would have a full-on panic attack, for <laughs> yeah. sure. No, she even said that she's not particularly afraid of heights. And I was like, how did she get this date <laughs> if she's not afraid of heights? That's Maybe the they were like, like oh, we this is so terrifying <laughs> that you need to have, you know— a basic yeah. level of comfort with Are heights. you willing to confront your biggest fear for Colton? Um, and is Colton able to comfort you as you <laughs> hyperventilate? He almost seemed to need more comfort. Oh, yeah. it very much seemed that way. <laughs> yeah. He really howled that on scream, his way down. That scream was truly <laughs> just beautifully haunting. I don't know, just something. <laughs> it was truly something. Um, so... Tasha is like going in with her game face on to this this dinner. She has a heavy subject to discuss with Colton. Um and Colton gives her the perfect opening with his go-to line, which is Oh my You God. are oh. so like positive and calm. <laughs> yeah. I uh. want to know how you can make me feel that way without saying anything. I want to know how you are the way you are. Why like- how you are the way you are. <laughs> like at first this felt nice, but now he's said it so many times that it's yeah. fallen very flat. Also, I feel like every single time he's about to say it, he just starts smiling because he's just like, oh, I'm about to like just drop this poetic line again. Here it comes. How like, are you? Thought, you, know, you? Not why, but how? Yeah, see, that, then that's it's like, the oh, kind see, of, that's, mm. you're not used to that from the other guys. You're just, you're just used to SNL did a nice parody. Of, <laughs> oh, that was of, a yeah. work of art. Oh, gosh. Oh, I have to it's that. great. Um, yeah, and it's a weird question. It's a very, like, therapizing question, yeah. um, which fits very well into the show. And mm-hmm. um, and it came up several times this episode that Colton has this idea that I think a lot of people do in our culture of mental uh, health and, like, the idea of how we're formed as people, which is, like, that you're you are born of your traumas <laughs> and, and your experiences and that if you have a certain trait, um, it is because of something that happened to you in the past, and you can like trace that back very neatly. Mm-hmm. Like it, she, like people are always saying to him, like, "Oh, I'm just like a positive person." <laughs> That's not the answer he's looking for. <laughs> like the answer is, um, you know, some you know, my dog was run over by a car, yeah, and yeah. at that moment, I knew that mm-hmm. I had to always approach life with a smile because I never know when my dog will be taken from me. Yeah, you, know? you better yeah. have a clear narrative. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and if you don't have a clear narrative, going You're back gone. to what Catherine yeah. from last week. 
was her name Catherine? Who Kate, just like or Caitlin? Caitlin. 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 Yeah. Well, to be almost, fair, she had nothing to say. Yeah, about yeah. Herself. Where she was just like, oh well, you know, I'm just here to hang out. I don't really know how. And then it's like, okay, bye. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she she was extremely. Um, boring but also uh, Colton has a very he does have a very like bachelor approved opening to the big conversations that if you're not prepared to participate in the bachelor approved exchange of stories you're just you can, can be yeah. baffling. Yeah. Like, yeah. how am I the way I am? But then if you're you're like, well, I came in here to tell this story. So this seems like the this right the time. Time. Drop the time. It. It's a cue. Um, so she tells him. That she has been through hard times. Uh, she was married uh, in the past year and a half and got divorced. She'd been with her first boyfriend for six years. And she says that she really fought for the relationship because she was a Christian woman and she thought she would be married only once. But she couldn't, I guess, make her husband want to be married is sort of what mm-hmm. she implied. She said you can't make someone want to be married. Um, True. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, divorce is not a uh, a two way street, as it were. Like, if one person wants to get divorced, the marriage is over. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's kind of how it works. But um, Colton is like, yeah, my parents are divorced, so I'm down with that, and uh, I hope that you keep being happy and smiling because it's so sexy. <laughs> Thank you, Colton. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, but it was nice to see, you know, I mean, the bar is so low for this show, but so often divorce is kind of framed as this like, like how dare you unreal <laughs> moral <laughs> failing. How, how dare, dare you? How how damaged must you be? Or like your parents are divorced. <laughs> that is disqualifying. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it was nice to see this kind of treated as what it is, which is something that a is very common. Mm-hmm. Um, and be just, you know, the end of a relationship, which is often like the the best decision yeah, for the right. people in that relationship. Because if someone does not want to be married to you, that's not going to be a great marriage yeah, for yeah, you. Right. Yeah. Um, right. And yeah, she, you know, is now free to pursue relationships that will be better for her soul. Yeah. So it is interesting. This episode, we saw a couple storylines that are often not aired on The Bachelor mm-hmm. or are treated as you mentioned as like a warning sign that they actually um, suck at relationships mm-hmm. being re- like absorbed into this overarching Bachelor uh, treatment of of past suffering, which yeah. is like we've now appropriated divorce and uh, sexual assault into the pantheon of acceptable traumas, acceptable yeah, yeah. things that you can share with the bachelor <laughs> to show that you like have suffered enough to be ready for love. <laughs> basically, it's, um, a, it's a delicate, delicate <laughs> dance yeah, yeah. in this show's yeah. treatment of of trauma of all kinds. And, and of course, because yeah. you want them to, to be able to to be divorced and like talk about that on the show. That's real. But it, the bachelor um paradigm is so uh, like the formula is so clear and Mm -hmm. the the rewards and consequences are so clearly laid out that it's always uncomfortable to watch anyway. (laughs) Right, right. You know, we were talking about this earlier. It's just one of those things you kind of have to grapple through because there is this set structure um, and we, people are set up to you know, purge their traumas on in this really public forum, which they should be able to do. But also, yeah, the point is then 
will now the Bachelor world approve of your story mm-hmm. or The Bachelorette and will <laughs> advance you to the next round? Like, congratulations. Um, yeah. And that setup is just thorny, <laughs> inevitably. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it often, uh, to me, comes off also as a test for the lead, um, which is, like, are they someone who is uh, just looking for someone who's fun and never going to challenge them? Or are they really someone who's capable of, like, listening to the hard truths about life? And also sometimes (laughs) we see people respond really poorly to people's (laughs) disclosures. So, you know, Colton did not, which was heartening. Colton... uh, his response is always to try to relate it to his own experience, which can come off kind of weird. Yeah. And we'll mm-hmm. get into that more later. But I think it's a very normal human reaction. Mm-hmm. And usually right, when right, it's right. me, if I tell about a trauma and someone in an empathetic way is like listens and then also like segues a little bit into their own experience, I'm like fine with that. Yeah. I think that's yeah. how humans so am I yeah. Yeah, yeah. generally. Like, I, and yeah. it can be done, you know, inarticulately or a yeah. little awkwardly. But I think... I mean, when you're in conversation like, with yeah. someone, often it it does the the empathy comes through. Yeah. yeah, and I think like when you are listening to someone share something like that, it's just like a natural thing. And then if you, I always notice when I do it, I'm in my head being like, "Don't like make this about you." Like, <laughs> yeah. don't do it. Don't and do then it. I say then, it. And I'm like, yeah, no, "I'm no, doing right. it. I'm doing sudden, it." Yeah, and then but then I realize that if I just hear them and I'm like, "Well, that sucks," you know, then like that sounds short. So I'm like, "Okay, well, I should give a little bit more." But I this right. is where you know, so it is a weird. It's balance. a dan- you want to yeah. like you want to say I'm sorry. You want to say I can't imagine. You want to say tell me more if right, you're comfortable. Right. But then you also want to be like. Yeah, like here's the extent to which I can try to enter your experience. And like now you also know something more about me. Yeah. Um, And and I think that's important. Yeah. And again, like he he gets at that, um, you know, later on in the show where I think it's also important to to be like, you know, I I definitely can't fully empathize. You know, I can't like fully. Yeah. And I think we'll get into his response to to Kaylin later and talk more about that. Um, So he gives Tasha the rose. Yay. um, And they make out on a. Ferris wheel sort of thing. I don't. Something like it that. was like a yeah. light, uh, some wheel, wheel a light, light. a wheel. Um, There's a view. Yeah, it didn't seem to be moving. I don't know what was happening. <laughs> the important thing was the making out. Though. They made out. So, um, and uh, the group date uh, arrives. Uh, the date card, um, and it goes to Hannah G, Elise, Kerpa, Sydney, Heather, Anyeka, Tracy, Nicole, Demi, Courtney, Katie, Cassie, Hannah B. Let's get a taste of Singapore. That is all of the women in the house who do not get one-on-ones. So it's 13 women. Mm. This is like the pivot week where they have more Mm one-on-ones than group dates. And all the women get a date. So it's a lot of ladies. Mm. Um, Anyone who has read or seen Crazy Rich Asians knows about – I mean or has been to Singapore or Mm. like knows anything about it. uh, Knows about the the street markets and Mm. the the cuisine – um, so clearly they're going to be walking around the streets of the city a little bit and and tasting some some delicious food. What I will say is I do think like the, what they're doing with Colton's B-roll is very weird and interesting. Like they just like have him order something for $2 <laughs> and then he's like drinking something and there's just like, right, it looked very like dramatic. Right, like some sort of recovery of it. Yeah, 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 green yeah. Yeah, it's exactly what it looked something. like. But it was just like a very dramatic stare off into the distance as he just <laughs> so, sips from a straw. So many dramatic yeah. Contemplation shots <laughs> yeah, right. that didn't really seem to have a purpose. Yeah, I it's love like, the 
idea of them taking him <laughs> out. Like he lands, it's nighttime, they get there and they're like, all right, we're going out to the grocery store on the corner and you're going to order whatever is directly in front of you. <laughs> also, maybe like a bit of a over analysis of it, but I did like how he was like, oh, I want that. And there was this pause. He was like, $2. Like there's almost like this thing where it's like Colton almost like wanted it for free. You know? <laughs> like, that was almost implied. He's like, what? I'm the bachelor. Don't you know? What is this? No, that's true. There was like an awkward. He's like, I'll take that. And the guy's like, <laughs> it's like money, <laughs> you sir. Give me some money for that. Um, <laughs> these aren't the finest fashion stores in all of. Okay, so uh, that means Kaylin is getting the one-on-one, and Hannah B. thinks this is the most hurtful result that could have happened this week. She needs to chill. Hannah, just, girl, get it together. It's week four, and she's already had a one-on-one. She does not get to be (laughs) pissed about anyone else getting a one-on-one. I know. She already had a one-on-one. I'm so glad that they eventually quashed this because it yeah. was just. But also, spoiler. did they? But yeah, also, sorry. do they? Well, we'll see. I yeah, because we'll like that's my thing. We I mean, we'll, really I mean I'm sure it's that. been renewed now that they are seeing <laughs> yeah, all the ITMs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. there was we that. Haven't really seen any more teasers of them. No, out, I think though. it's probably done in the house because yeah. it wasn't benefiting either of them. Yeah, yeah. Demi is willing to stir up shit with anyone, so it becomes clear that Kaylin's getting the date, the one-on-one, and she says, Kaylin. I don't know you at all, but it is frustrating to see more of his time going to someone who's in this situation than someone who hasn't been involved at all, which is like a really bizarrely confrontational thing to say for like no reason. Yeah, especially they had like no real like issue before, but now it's just like we're going to dig in our heels. The weird thing about Demi to me that this speaks to is that she is like. I think actually kind of a mess tactically. Like she's always pulling stuff like this that just like causes drama <laughs> for no reason. She's instigating drama mm-hmm. with other girls. And then like if anyone else does that, we're like, that's so stupid, girl. Don't start drama. And with Demi, <laughs> we're all like, wow, she's playing the game so well. I don't get it. She's yeah. like do- breaking all the rules. <laughs> um, she is certainly a shit stir. And Kaylin is just like, whatever. Um like, what do you say to that? Yeah. Nothing, okay. which is what she did. <laughs> um, so all the women meet him in the uh, street market. And Demi just, just, just jumps, jumps, There's always runs the one person who's like, also, I want to know how that works, how there's always one person who's like miles ahead of yeah. everybody else, where just like they just got like a head start. There was a gate. It's yeah. like, okay, go, Demi, it's go. It's like the Kentucky, Kentucky Derby. <laughs> yeah. And then everyone's like, wait, did she, did her gate open before <laughs> yeah, mine? It's like, like I wait feel a minute. Like how are you just like... Lengths ahead. It's like Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> on the playground. Um, so she does. She's like, I'm just going to play this date like I am the only person here. Um, which I guess means that she just like climbs all over him. Yeah, just yeah, like a little demi backpack. Just <laughs> that's essentially what this date was for half of it. Yeah, she's she's getting piggyback rides. She's insisting that she and Colton get portraits together. Um, he starts out the date by sort of saying that he's worried about managing all the girls and I think that he should was right to be worried about that because he does not know how to like cope with the fact that like some women are not really jockeying for his attention mm-hmm. super hard and then like one woman is and he's just like okay I guess this is the person <laughs> I'm hanging out with then it's like no you're supposed to get to know all of them <laughs> yeah he's not being very proactive yeah yeah it um, is a lot of people 
Like I would know, have difficulty so, like, with it, it too. Like, I can't really blame him. You know, kind but, of, it, you know, oh, kind I of would like, suck at it. It reminds me of like if you have like a birthday drinks and it's like, oh, you want to get around to everyone, but getting around to everyone is like impossible. And then so you like somehow end up only talking to the one person who like came alone that yeah. you like invited and didn't even want to hang out with. And, <laughs> right, but yeah. it's like I like don't... I guess this is who I'm entertaining. Yeah, now. it's more just like I logistically don't know how to get out of yeah. this situation. So Demi, yeah. here we go. Exactly. No, I actually love birthday drinks because it's a great opportunity to get out of like to keep moving like I'm like I'm the hostess oh, yeah, so like no, right, obviously right, I can't yeah. keep talking to you you're <laughs> yeah, great you you're my it, friend I invited I, you but like I gotta go over there you have to teach me how to do that because I'm just not bob and weave at, yeah I'm not good at the bob and weave it went very poorly at my wedding I handled it badly <laughs> so we all have our our yeah. waterloos um, so uh, Colton at this point is like oh look leech therapy <laughs> um, just occurred to him I bet yeah yeah, yeah. I'm sure so they go in and people are just lying on tables uh, with leeches uh, on their skin. And they're all like, let's just get a leech. Um, apparently it really hurts. I had never thought about that. I sort of thought it was just like a mosquito bite, but well, without the itching afterwards. Well, also, like, I, I feel like we were getting mixed messaging, too, because it's like apparently it really hurts. But then... We have just snapshots of like they all Hannah B. Fine. Hannah yeah. B. just like has like a leech on her stomach, just like oh you know yeah. like just hang it out. It's like don't you want that off of you? Like what's yeah. going on here? Sydney described it as a jellyfish sting. Yeah, which is painful. Yeah, I mean, but it's like t- getting tattooed. Like I see people getting tattooed very calmly, but mm-hmm. it really hurts. <laughs> That's um, true. So who knows what what the human body is capable <laughs> of? Um, this whole scene was. Sort of the real beginning for me um, of a severe discomfort with the whole setup of the date, which was sort of like, oh, look, how weird. They, like, put leeches on their skin here. It's it's unsanitary. It's disgusting. And, yeah, like, it was yeah. very yeah, yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, this foreign culture. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. weird. Do they even LOL. know about ibuprofen here? Like, it just felt really – yeah. The icky. food stuff bothered me even yeah, more than no, the leeches. No, it really kept escalating. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, it's also just an opportunity for women to make jokes about how the other women they don't like are leeches um, or about how delicious their blood is. Courtney is like, are these leeches FDA approved? I thought that was kind of funny. It's just like, I mean, obviously not because the FDA is an American. Well, obviously not. I don't think she was asking it seriously. <laughs> I'm just like, ugh. I, I don't like the thing where we treat these other, you know, other people's cultures as like this. Yeah. Sort of, we're roughing it here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I no, it absolutely. Here this, like, absolutely. Weird. Yeah. Especially it's especially funny because Singapore is like a wildly wealthy yeah. Yeah. country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, right, right. <laughs> I do think what, like especially the food scenes like bother me more in, in that lens. I mean, yeah. I will say like if someone wanted to put a leech on me, I would not be like right. amazingly into that. That trepidation felt yeah, more normal like, to me. And then when you paired it with the food yeah, then stuff, it's like, okay. it felt right. really yeah. gross. Exactly. Yeah. But also the the leech date and then combined with like the other personal stories, it, it does get into this weird like kind of uh, vibe of this episode where it's like how much are you willing to sacrifice for Colton physically jump off a building (laughs) just a lot of like just do harm to yourself literally give your blood to another (laughs) creature yeah yeah Um, so yeah they they sit down to eat and it's all you know dishes that are probably unfamiliar to the average midwestern bachelor contestant Uh, bullfrog pig's feet 
uh, intestines, like eel, I think. Um, and some of the women I want to note just kind of quietly start eating and seem fine. Mm. They mostly seemed fine, yeah, actually. Yeah. And then there is a lot of, especially from Hannah B., like demonstrative gross. She also does eat an eye, which like is a thing you could do in mm-hmm. an American yeah, restaurant right. yeah. and be grossed out yeah. by. Yeah. Like that's a choice. Well, and also too, I think this also played into like Hannah B's just uh, I don't know, un- unfurling over here where it's like, okay, I need to just like make this a big deal to <laughs> to get some attention here because if I'm just cool with this, then like, you know, Colton's going to spend more time with Kaylin late, you know, so yeah. maybe it was just like But like, that's there. not a good look. It's not a good look Oh, it's all. not a good yeah. look. It's not a good no. look at all. But. I mean, and she has been spiraling the state. She feels yeah. like he's not responding to her when she tries to talk to him. Um, she thinks he's avoiding her because of Kaylin. But um, the way, like, to be like, will I die if I eat this like food from this like gourmet street market? Yeah, the answer is like, the no. finest cuisine in the world. <laughs> like, you're gonna be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole thing was sort of framed, yeah, in this very sort of fear, fear factory way. Like mm-hmm. when, in fact, it's like a wonderful yeah. opportunity. Um, so Colton toast to weird food. Oh, Colton. <laughs> Oh, this day made me tired. I mean, it's just in 2019, in the year of Crazy Rich Asians, actually the year after Crazy Rich Asians, um, which like you read that book and all you want to do is eat every single thing. Oh, my gosh. And the movie just made me. To treat Singaporean cuisine as if it's disgusting um, is so offensive. It's absurd. Um, Night night date, uh, (laughs) finally. Uh, Oh, we missed that – Cassie gets a fortune uh, reading with Colton oh, right. and the fortune teller. I missed what exact like process this was, like tarot cards or whatever. Mm. But um, he ta- he says that Cassie was uh, Colton's past life sister. <laughs> That's pretty just, funny. Just yeah. pretty awkward. Yeah, it means like, I cool. have a deep affinity. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was meant to be, you know, like they're very complimentary to each yeah. other. But, but there like, was the weird, you know, incest too, suggestion. A little so. too complimentary. Yeah. Like yeah. It's, yeah. it's not the thing you want to hear <laughs> when you're dating a new guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're probably, you're basically siblings. Yeah. <laughs> it's like just not, it's not sexy. I don't know. You guys need to open your minds now. <laughs> so judgmental. Um, so they go to a lovely lounge for the evening. Hannah B. steals him before he, his butt is really able to hit the seat. Um, which is good. She's learning. She's yep, like, I yep, have to yep. take the initiative. Um, Courtney is giving a little monologue about how nervous she is about getting time and also how hopeful she is that Hannah B. and Kalen's drama has been left behind in L.A. And all the women <laughs> are just rolling their eyes. They're like, that's not a thing. Um, and Meanwhile, Hannah B. is telling Colton that she's uh, – the most important thing for him is to find a woman of noble character. Oh, what does that God. mean? <laughs> I, lo- that was like, I loved that moment so much. It was so, like, medieval. <laughs> it was like I was reading, uh, you know, the the lays of, of a, an, a bard, you know. It's like a woman of noble character to give me her, her favor for the joust. Um and she's like, now I'm worried that you might not trust my character. Um, and her fears of that are making her want to step back from him. 
So she just wanted to make sure they're okay. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of registers going on here. And Colton is like, you know, I've decided I'm okay with it and I'm not going to get involved with you and Kaylin's drama. <laughs> um, and uh, I was just frustrated because I like you so much. And so then they make out. And now she thinks they're probably going to fall in love. <laughs> uh, Cassie uh, sits on his lap and is like, I had a great day except for hearing that we were <laughs> siblings. Um, and then they just talk at length about it in between making out. Oh, yeah, just like a good like, mood setter. Just like, oh, this isn't the way you kiss your sister. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> was she? It's like, no, my sister wouldn't give a kiss like this. I mean, I don't know. I'm just, let's go back to making out. Um, they're very physical with each other. Yeah. This, like, was the turning point where I just felt like, you know, with her and also with Hannah G, where I was like, I feel like I shouldn't be watching this. Like, yeah. this it feels like I need to just, like, go into the other room. At one point, he is, like, on top of Hannah G. I yeah, mean, like, they, wa- so they seem to want us four. to see so as much <laughs> sexy time footage of Colton as humanly possible. It's just when he <laughs> is doing the sexy time movements... It just makes me think of like a flexible Ken doll, like the the elbows move and the knees move. It's a lot. But there's turn and yeah, you can turn rotate. the body, yeah. and it's like sort of if you put your Ken doll in like a making out <laughs> position and put it on top of the Barbie, yeah. like yeah. somehow it just doesn't feel lifelike. Yeah. Um. So then, uh, the Courtney freakout is continuing to brew, to brew. She is telling the other women how stressed out she is. She wished that she had less stress like everyone else. Um, Hannah B is like, we're all stressed. And she's like, no, some of you have had more time. And I've been so respectful. And now I'm frustrated. I haven't been getting the attention. See, being respectful does not benefit you on this show. No, it definitely doesn't. Unless the lead Especially, is very, very into you. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, that's it's the, tough. That's the thing, too, is that, like, if you're going to be respectful but then get, like, violently resentful of it, then it's just going to end up— you're not really being respectful. You're not really being yeah. respectful. And yeah. it's just going to spew out in some much worse way than if you had just been a little bit more Yeah, if you just, like, yeah, right. if you just, like, run in there, like, when he first enters the room, like, that's the way to maybe do it. Not and just, certainly like, the producers, <laughs> I'm sure, were not giving her the go-ahead to go talk to him yeah. and were giving yeah. Demi the go-ahead to talk yeah. to him a second time. Like, this just reeked of— yeah. Production. Well, and my my thing too is like, I mean, she had like not like valid points necessarily, but I could very much see where she was coming from. But she was just like Handled saying it, it terribly. Like, in the worst possible ways to to verbalize things. It's like, oof, like that was not a soft landing. Yeah, this was just a train wreck from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, and, just both parties full oh, full yeah. train wreck. Well, so Courtney or Demi tries to handle it in a sort of you know straightforward, blunt way at first and says, you know, I think you need to get out of your own head. Um, you're, she's like, you're so much different than this, which is the sort of thing Demi says that she like doesn't mean. Yeah. Like, you're better than this. And then she's like, she sucks. <laughs> um, but she's basically like, you need to like really go talk to him. You can't keep sitting here and, and waiting around. Mm. Uh, she thinks Demi's being lazy. Um, Courtney. For, uh, yeah, she thinks Courtney is being lazy. Um so uh, Demi gets her time at this point, and she tells Colton, you know, there's a, another side to me, a darker side, a heavier side. Um, and this is when she tells him that her mom has been in federal prison. She says that this is the week that she was released. Um, 
God. <laughs> what a what a uh. time for that to happen. Um, and she talks about, you know, how hard it is to to see someone that you love and who loves you so much um, in this situation, prison. And uh, she says, my mom might be super messed up, but she loves me so much and I love her unconditionally. And Colton says, um, you know, you've turned this into a positive or optimistic situation. <laughs> and that takes a special person, which is there's this sort of like <laughs> cliche that you need to say. But um, but it always makes me so uncomfortable. It's like, how can you perform that you have handled this, this bad thing well, that happened yeah, to you yeah, through yeah. no fault of your own in the most <laughs> virtuous way possible. And that will make you like worthy of of more. <laughs> um, so they have a, a nice resolution to their conversation. Demi or Courtney. I'm going to keep doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Courtney is well, losing her mind. And also this just given that she just told this really weighty story. This is now, of course, the worst possible oh, time yeah, to just like for Courtney to yeah. freak out and spiral over her yeah. lack of time yep. and direct all of that frustration at Demi. Mm. It's just a recipe for disaster or, like, pure gold oh, in yeah. the production's mind. Yeah. I mean, we had this weird interaction where Demi comes back and is – I mean, Courtney's like, I really thought I got a one-on-one date this week. And I'm like, why? Really? Why? There's been no indication <laughs> that you G have – still hasn't gotten a one-on-one yeah. date. <laughs> what are you talking about? Very bizarre. Um, what haven't we seen? Also, I'm that's confused. like really something to like vent to the crowd, you know, where it's just like when yeah. most of them yeah. at this point yeah. still haven't gotten a one. Like, like, are are people going to be like, oh yeah, you know what? I was actually thinking. You <laughs> yeah, a I think that you probably we should all go. <laughs> it's home. like you know what? You're right. Like, we, let's just get out of here. You know. <laughs> um, but she feels like she's the only person that Colton has not been like making feel special, which fits oddly with her idea that she was going to get a one on one. Um, and Demi's like, look, you just need to make a move. Uh, everyone else is doing it. And Courtney says, I'm just going to wait patiently and maybe I'll talk to him. Some There was some weird stuff going on this Very this weird. Date. It felt very produced. Like, because I, I don't really believe that Courtney was not trying to talk to Colton. Right. Mm-hmm. And we know that they are – none of the women can talk to the lead unless they are given the go-ahead by production. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like the same thing with someone who interrupts. Like production is giving them the green light and sending yeah. them there. Yeah. Um, I think they wanted to – they saw Courtney begin to lose her mind and uh, this seemed like a good way yeah, to like, continue right. her yeah. down that path. Yeah. yeah. If not talking to Colton is going to like reduce you into a babbling mess, <laughs> then they're like, perfect. So we won't send so, you to cool. talk to Colton. <laughs> Sorry, Courtney. It's not your turn. Or maybe that didn't happen. It's just very – it felt all very That's manufactured. That's how it felt. Yeah. Um, so Demi at this point it gets up and goes to talk to Colton again and be like, thank <laughs> you for that wonderful conversation that we have. Um, so then Kerpa <laughs> tells Courtney – that Demi has already talked to him twice. So, you know, Courtney just needs to go get her time now because he's into double time with people. Courtney <laughs> says, oh, well, I just talked to Demi about how upset I was about not having time. So it's really, like, rude of her to to go talk to him again instead of, I guess, like, helping Courtney get her time or deferring to Courtney. Um, so she goes upstairs and seems to think that she's going to be interrupting Demi mm-hmm. with Colton, which is another weird moment where I feel like they sent her there thinking mm-hmm. that Colton was there. Yeah. Um, but it's just Demi. 
and this was a terrible confrontation. <laughs> awful. Um, I couldn't even write most of it down because I could barely figure out what either of them it made, were None saying. of it made a lot yeah, of yeah. really made sense. Yeah. Like, Demi is like, I've been trying to help you. And Courtney's like, you knew I was upset about not getting time. And, you know, Courtney's or Demi's like, you should have tried harder. And Courtney's like, I did try. Um, Demi says, you have no idea what I'm going through. And Courtney says, you have no idea what I'm going through. Demi says, Courtney was rude to her. Courtney says, Demi was rude to her. (laughs) And I just let it pass because I was raised with class. (laughs) Oof. There's a whole aside about oh, maturity this, yeah. and age, but they're both extremely young. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Demi does come off to me as younger than like any of the other women. I don't know why that mm-hmm. is, but um, she, does she is the same age as young, most of them, yeah, right? Yeah. But it 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 was a, a comment that could have. Was meant to be condescending. It's oh, yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah. There's no way to yeah. there's no way to like ask like, oh, how old are you again? Like in in like a non you know like oh, I'm just wondering. You know? <laughs> Can't really say it that way and get. Away I thought with you that. were young because your skin looks so great. <laughs> Can't believe you're 30, Claire. It's amazing. Um, so it's time for the rose ceremony, and Courtney still hasn't talked to Colton. She's the only one who hasn't. Um, or not the rose ceremony, but the the awarding of the group date rose. And Colton gives it to Demi. She feels like she really sent a huge message out <laughs> to all her haters. Okay. <laughs> She's like, this is what cloud nine feels like right now. It feels really, really good. This is another thing where Demi is always making these really tactless speeches to mm. all the women. Like she says that not on not in in the moment, but to everyone. Yeah, yeah. And it it feels like production is just like go back just there like, and tell everyone there, just, how yeah. you're feeling. Just say everything that's on your mind. And she's like, "All right, I'm gonna yeah. do that. Yeah. I'm into it." Um, so Courtney uh, is devastated, and I think uh, it seems like sort of blames Colton mm-hmm. for not realizing that he gave Demi extra time and did not talk to her mm-hmm. and make an effort to talk to her. I mean, they're not falling in love. Yeah, yeah. This is, she's got to know now. <laughs> yeah. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more from week four of The Bachelor. Plus, stick around after the credits for a little bonus interview with Claire about books, the other part of her job. Mm, my day job, you might say. So it's been a few years now, but I still look back on my time planning my wedding so fondly. I mean, I was so excited to get married to my partner and to plan a big party that really reflected who we are and our friend groups and our families. And it was also very complicated and there were lots of moving parts. It wasn't always easy. Well, Claire, maybe you should have used Zola because you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place with Zola. Yes, I've thought this many times in the years since. I mean, with Zola, you have free planning tools like a customizable checklist and website. There's a venue and vendor discovery tool that matches you with your dream team. I mean, everything on Zola is just designed to make your wedding journey as easy as possible. And with invites that are super fun to create and a wedding registry packed with gifts that you actually want, Zola takes you from save the date right to think so much without breaking a sweat. When I was planning my wedding, honestly, it was just so hard to keep track of every 
component of the planning process, it would have been so much easier in retrospect and let me enjoy the really fun parts of planning a wedding more if I just had everything centralized. And that is exactly what Zola makes so easy. I mean, that is like the number one advice I would give anyone planning a wedding today. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Are you one of those people who thinks they don't have time to prioritize wellness? If so, Aloe Moves is here to change your whole mindset. From beginner to advanced, Aloe Moves has the flower class that will fit your whole schedule, even if your schedule is very complicated and ever-changing like mine is. And their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day, which is so convenient. They've got award-winning workouts like sweat-inducing yoga flows, HIIT classes, or reformer Pilates workouts. Truly, truly have it all. Because you can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, dry brushing, and journaling for those quieter moments. I am one of those people who really struggles to prioritize wellness. I did before I had kids, and now it's even harder because you're always doing pickup or drop-off. You're making a lunch. You're like dealing with some need that your children have or you're working and Aloe Moves allows me to just fit those workouts in, in those spare moments when I find myself with an extra 30 minutes of time, I can do a yoga class, I can do something that gets my heart rate up and it really works with my lifestyle. So unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use code LTSI20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com code LTSI20. alomoves.com code LTSI20. I am someone who is perpetually facing the issue of my closet is messy and full, and yet I feel like I have nothing to wear. Mm -hmm. But Quince has been an absolute game changer for my style. Same. If I really need a new luxury basic, I know where I'm going to find one that is going to fit the bill, work for a lot of different occasions and styles. And I'm also going to stay on budget, which is a huge plus. They have items like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for just $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. The best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passing... Uh, and passes the savings on to us. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for their wardrobe basics. Like I have a really amazing leather blazer from Quince, Ooh. but I also have gotten really into like their luggage and travel accessories. I just purchased an incredible like neoprene weekender bag and it is such high quality. The color is beautiful. And I spent about half as much as I would have spent on a very similar product from a fancier brand name. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash LTSI. 
If you're a wine lover, here's a little secret. There is a personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to discover new wines you're guaranteed to enjoy. To start, you just answer a few questions on their website about what flavors you like, how often you drink wine, and if you prefer red, white, or rosé. As always, I love a quiz. (laughs) And based on the answers that you give, First Leaf curates a really amazing selection of wines. Just for you. Later, when you rate those wines, your wine selection gets even more tailored. Choose when the wine is delivered and how often to get new assortments of wine. If you want wine pairing advice or to talk about the wines in your box, you can always speak with one of their First Leaf experts. As someone who loves wine but really doesn't know much about why I like certain bottles and what it goes with, this is such an incredible way to get to know your own taste in wine better. I know. I totally agree. I got to try the Chenin Blanc from South Africa that is part of First Leaf's premium wines collection, and it was so good, and it was not something that I would have necessarily picked out myself a quiz and good wine. I mean, everyone's winning here. (laughs) Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI to get your first box. That's T-R-Y firstleaf.com slash LTSI. Tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. As they should, learning a language is so important. So if that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel, the science-backed learning language app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks, which is kind of wild. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college, aka so, so many days of waking up for an 8.30 class that I maybe didn't need to do at all. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Personally, I've been trying to brush up on some basic French because I am headed to go work from Paris for a few weeks. And it's been really helpful because my French is not good. But now I don't have to sound like such an idiot. (laughs) You can never sound like an idiot, but Babbel can definitely help. Here's a special limited time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, Kaylin's date starts uh, with uh, an, a butler, I guess, an elderly man in a, a top hat uh, coming in with a date card that says, I've been waiting for this special day for so long, at least a few weeks. Meet me downstairs. So long. <laughs> so long. Was that a pretty woman reference? I was like, what is this? Date I think card. It it's just, not a pun. I think it was just meant to be fancy. Yeah. I don't know. It's not even fancy. It's like fancy is They've like just given up Colton on the date card. Humbly <laughs> request. Just like, we don't know what yeah. to do here. Just like just here's the date card. <laughs> yeah. Um, but of course, this is the date where they take a woman shopping and then have her <laughs> lord it over all the other women. Yeah. Yeah. 
And which has like a special way considering Hannah B is like, oh, well, like I hope that she doesn't just get a whole bunch of clothes. And then all of a sudden it's like a producer phones in with a walkie talkie. It's like, clothes, go, 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 go. Make sure she has lots of bags. Make her, yeah, bring back (laughs) as many bags. Put each individual item in its own bag. (laughs) Give her every single clothing item in that store. There we go. Uh, Hannah B gives a little in the moment where she's like, I'm fine. I'm not thrilled, but I'm fine. I'm totally fine. <laughs> I just, I remember, you know, when Kaylin was first runner up in Miss ESA and I didn't clap for her. I should have clapped for her leaving <laughs> Hannah, for her one-on-one. stop digging your own grave. Stop saying these things. I was like, it's coming off like maybe you were not in the right in that situation <laughs> yeah, more yeah. and more. Um, so, Though Vulture did run an article um, where sources took Hannah's side. Oh, yeah. So really? we can say. Yeah. There was... It really didn't clarify much. Yeah, no, it was just more just, like, said that with no weight to it. We're just like, yeah, they said Caitlin, but... But I continue to <laughs> think that's they're it. probably both at fault, and they yeah, were probably right. just, like, kind of dickish to each yeah, other at right. Miss USA. Yeah. Not at the top of my priority list in no. terms of things <laughs> I care about. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then she's talking to Hannah G, and it's sort of like... Knowing Kaylin, I think she'll really enjoy this date. And then they both laugh for like a really long time. Also, <laughs> I was like, what is so. Who wouldn't enjoy right. being taken <laughs> well, on a shopping like, spree? Actually, me, probably. Really? You wouldn't? I would enjoy a lot of free clothing. I'm going to say. I would enjoy it. the free <laughs> yeah. clothing, but the process of getting it would be so uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, oh, the parading yeah. around in the clothes. But if yeah. that's what I have to do to get like a whole new wardrobe, you know what? I volunteer. Well, also, I feel like I would be like worried about stuff fitting. You know, there'd just be a lot of like trying on clothes anxiety that was paired yeah. with it. Maybe they don't show that where if like a dress just like is not like fitting well. They only well, show the flattering It's only the ones that are like, oh, that one, yeah. So maybe I honestly we're seeing thought I would dress. really enjoy trying on wedding dresses and instead I had severe performance anxiety. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah. I dragged all these friends well, out that's, here yeah, it's very <laughs> to stressful. support me and now it's like, what if I don't even like every single dress yeah, I try yeah, on? What yeah. if I like, it doesn't look right on me yeah and then um, but then you have to do like the parade out yeah. confidently anyway and then you have to like just... pretend that you feel amazing <laughs> yeah um Kaylin clearly does i mean she is a beauty she's yeah, a pageant yeah, right. girl. so it's like yeah. men yeah she's the right the she's right paraded yeah. around in gowns many a time before. yeah um and so they he buys her all these like tasseled cocktail dresses and shoes um she comes back with so many shopping bags. These are the only dates they ever allow them to return in between. Yeah. Just so they so can they torture can. the other women. <laughs> they might go back in between, but we never see it because they do have to get ready for the nighttime date. Do you think that, that works this usually. is a sidebar, but do you think Kaylin gets an extra suitcase to like take all this stuff back? Ooh. Because listen, like... Maybe she has you can to only dump pack so stuff. much. Yeah, no, right. It's like, all right, well, this one was from H&M that I brought. And, like, this is from, you know, so <laughs> you got to just sacrifice your, some your things. Suitcase. Yeah, right. Um, Colton is actually, like, really auditioning as shopping boyfriend. Like, we've <laughs> seen a lot of guys do this date before, but no one I've, – I've never seen anyone really get into it in this yeah. way. He was like, let me put this jacket on you. Oh, my God, I love it. It's <laughs> oh, so – we have to get that. You look so hot in this jacket. Oh, I mean, Colton, like – that paired with the the vlogging stuff is like Instagram boyfriend oh, yeah. audition. Oh yeah, he's born yeah. to be an Instagram boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, that's boyfriend. really what well, we're going for Well, I think here. it's in his future. Yeah, <coughs> I think so too. Um, and 
Kalen shows him the shoes that he picked out. What were your guys' thoughts on the shoes? Not I didn't great. Like them. I didn't like them. They were all just like, wow, there's never been a more beautiful pair of shoes. And I was like, those are very meh. I just like just, didn't have like strong opinions. They're just like they tans, weren't great. They could have been better. They could have been way better. They looked very normal. Uh, Colton has pretty pretty normal taste. Um, but he was very supportive, and that's the most important thing. Um Cassie is like weeping and being like, I'm so happy for Kaylin, but <laughs> just seeing this is so hard. Um, night date. She is wearing a full on pageant dress, basically. It's like an emerald satin gown. Very fancy. I liked the color. Yeah. It's very flattering on her. And uh, and this is where the date gets serious. So we're gonna bring the register. Yeah, oh, yeah. Down. yeah. <laughs> gonna get pretty somber. So she has clearly gone in thinking it's time for me to talk to Colton about this uh, traumatic thing that she referenced uh, when Hannah B first sort of stirred up the drama. She mentioned to Colton that something terrible had happened in her past, um, and this is her time to sort of share that with him. And uh, she gets emotional right away. She's like, you make me really happy. Um, but we have to talk about this story that is part of who I am, but this, it's not easy for me to share. Um, and it's something that's come in between uh, intimacy and past relationships. And I don't really want to talk through the details mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. on her behalf, but basically she shares that in college she and some friends were drugged at a party and were sexually assaulted. Um, and so she sort of didn't even fully realize what happened when she woke up. Um, she says she attempted to get a rape kit right away and was turned away from the first hospital. Um, that and she, she went to. out that that's mm-hmm. illegal. Like, she clearly has, and this was her yeah. platform. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, yeah. I, want, I want to point out that this is not the first time she's told this story publicly. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, she wasn't, it, it's not like production pushed her right, to right. reveal something that she had not mm-hmm. um, spoken about or gathered her thoughts on. Uh, this was a big part of her platform as Miss North Carolina, mm-hmm. and she has written about it, talked about it, um, if you Google her name, you can find some of those old interviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she uh, she says the rape kit that she did get done was inconclusive um, because it, it had taken her so long mm-hmm. to finally get it. Um, she didn't tell her parents for a year. Um, and then her, her mom became uh, sort of a fierce advocate on her behalf. Uh, eventually, one of the men got expelled, but nothing happened to the rest of the the people involved, which is just horrifying. And yeah. these are criminal, highly criminal right. allegations, yeah. and the justice that, quote unquote, mm-hmm. justice that uh, these survivors saw was one of them being expelled. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. just like I, I think we should, you know, all let that sink in because it's pretty disturbing. Mm. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that is this is a one of the the weightiest um, stories that we've ever seen shared on The Bachelor, um, especially in such detail. And she Mm -hmm. did talk about it in a lot of detail. Um, And I thought Colton handled it about as well as you could ask. Yeah. he he tells her he can't imagine going through something like that and that it's really devastating that it happened to her. And they talk about the 
the guilt and shame that she felt um, and the sort of trauma, the the triggering that she experienced around men um, for months afterwards. Um, he asks her how, like, who helped her get through it, and that's when she talks about her parents uh, and her mom especially. Um, and so they talk about it um, sort of fully from her perspective for a while. Um, he tells her, with me, you know, you're safe. And she says she does feel very safe with him. And she's very grateful that he didn't freak out, as has happened to her in the past. Um, and at that point, he hugs her and he says, you know, I was in a relationship with someone in the past who had been sexually abused. Um, and it was extremely hard for him to watch um, seeing her deal with that pain um, and struggling with feeling the the guilt of, like, feeling pain when he hadn't even been the mm. victim. Um, and she says, no, you know, I've seen how it's affected everyone who cares about me, and that's something that everyone has to go through. Um, and he... So he's sort of saying, you know, I've been in a relationship with someone who has suffered in this way, and I've sort of learned how to... Um, cope or, or sort of sit with that, mm-hmm. that right. suffering right. that someone I love has gone through. Um, and and he also sort of shares that that is related to, you know, this. he says this was his first love and it's related to why he has never uh, had sex. Um, and it was, it was such a real seeming conversation to mm-hmm. me. Yes. I felt uncomfortable watching it. It was, it was mm-hmm. very intimate and and the inelegance of it, to an extent, almost made made it ring more true to me. Like, mm-hmm. that is a really weighty thing and a hard thing to hear from someone that you're starting to care about. Right. Or from, right. from anyone, from someone you don't know, you know, anyone. Yeah. Uh, and I think it was a very human way to respond to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I felt that his empathy did come through. I do understand why... People would viscerally, you know, feel like, why is he even bringing his mm-hmm. virginity, which is something that has been a lot of light has been made of, you know, throughout mm-hmm. this or center himself at all. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not how it came off to me. But again, yeah, I understand that reaction as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I felt I, that like yeah. it, it, people, I think, reacted badly to the idea that he was comparing opening up about his virginity to opening up about what she's been Which through. is not what I took away yeah, from no, it. Same. Yeah. What I took away from it was that he was saying that his uh, experience with intimacy and virginity was much more emotional and bound up with a lot more pain mm-hmm. than than he had really openly shared. And that yeah. made it very difficult for to him talk to, about. to talk yeah. about and to mm-hmm. grapple with. And, and I think that's true. real. Yeah. It is real. Yeah. And it's true right. that he's being constantly, I mean, just in every episode yeah, of like this show thus far, and, yeah. Yeah, just asked like, why, like why, and, what is the yeah. reason, what is the reason? And he has sort of danced around that and mm-hmm. said, you know, given these vague reasons, made it clear that he's not waiting for marriage, um, tried to kind of give these succinct answers, and it always did feel like maybe the answer was more complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this makes a lot of sense to me. And yeah. he does not owe anyone that explanation. Right. And I think it's, you know, we we all know who his mm-hmm. first love was. Right, right, right. We, that was a very, very high profile um, case of sexual abuse. And, and when they were dating, 
um, that is not something that had been made public. Mm -hmm. And so this was, you know, of course, primarily her experience Mm -hmm. and, you know, his first love's pain. Um, But I think it is true that when someone that you love is suffering in that way, Mm -hmm. uh, you are also grappling with how Mm -hmm. to be there for them and how to how to hold um, even, you know, a bit of their pain Mm -hmm. in in yourself and within that relationship. And that's that's also that's also very, very challenging. I think what he's trying to express, which is important, is like this isn't new to me. Like you're not laying something on me that I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Right. This is something that I've already had to learn how to, like, handle in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I have loved someone through all of that pain. Yeah. yeah. And so I can love you through that pain yeah. if that is where this relationship goes. Right. Um, I don't want to, yeah. like... Uh, Overstate. The... Right. No, well, and I, I guess I'm also just trying to, to grapple with having this on The Bachelor at all. Um, and, and it's something that... Um, I think can have positive uh, impacts on people who have gone through this mm-hmm. and don't see their experience talked about openly enough. Um, and Kaylin obviously is a very um, articulate, like poised uh, deliverer of that experience and message. Um, the Bachelor, I I wonder if there's any way to to talk about things like this on the show without. Um, making it feel exploitative. Like exploitative yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think for me, I, I definitely kind of wrestle with that too, with how kind of comfortable I. I mean, I think it's it's great for those conversations to be had and more people to be a, aware of like those types of of issues being a very relevant thing still. Um, and I think I would feel a lot more. Uh, kind of like complicated about it if she hadn't made it a platform for for herself already so that that is a bit of a comfort to me Mm -hmm. um you know knowing that like this isn't new this isn't saved just for uh, the drama of the show yeah right right Um, i mean i i do think that i I didn't love kind of um the the previews like going into it where it's like oh like a very dramatic conversation is about to be had like you you don't want to miss it but i think but i do think like for the most part especially given other situations where the bachelor has not handled situations and issues well uh, i think this was overall done in a in a thoughtful and and not non-crafted way is kind of what i wanted to get at is like what you were saying is like the the inelegance of it made it feel like a um Made made it felt like a better handled thing. Yeah, the way that they let it unfold, kind of without music or too much editing, mm. um, it felt like we were really watching a, an honest conversation. And I, I think that what I end up always reacting a little bit to is is just the same thing. The just the way the Bachelor uh, economy is set up within the show is that it's inevitable that even if this these conversations go as well as they can, that we end up with this idea of like, well, her female trauma is her like origin story. It's what made her mm-hmm. strong and worthy, um, and it's what you know will win her the protection of this man Um, and or on the flip side even it ends up being like this is you know he has suffered in the the slings and arrows of life and now he gets a woman to nurture him you know like I Mm -hmm. feel like it ends up playing into this right trauma 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 is set up as currency within the show so 
there's always going to be that little undercurrent uh, of something that feels a bit exploitative, even if the actual conversation between these two was not, even if mm. both of them were sincere and, you know, perhaps even wanted to have that conversation right. publicly mm -hmm. in order to, you know, get a message out to other survivors. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, you know, that it's just it's just very complicated and thorny. Mm -hmm. And I'm yeah. still sort of grappling with my thoughts about it. Mm -hmm. But I was glad to see uh, both Kaylin and Colton posting Instagram posts uh, in solidarity with survivors, giving real information, encouraging people mm -hmm. to donate to rain. Um, and I was I was a little bit surprised that the that ABC didn't at any point flash to the National Sexual Assault Hotline. Yeah. That yeah. just um, for anyone who even this conversation might have been triggering to, you can always uh, reach out at one eight hundred six five six four six seven three. Uh, and I also mm -hmm. feel like it's important, something that I was struck by in Caitlin's telling you, she brought up the um, rape kits and there is a really massive backlog of untested rape kits in this country. Claire mentioned last night there is an organization called End the ba Backlog, which um, is fighting this. Um, Joe Biden has actually been very outspoken about the backlog and uh, Mariska Hargitay's organization, Joyful Heart. I think that is the end. The that's back. the end. The yeah. backlog. Mm -hmm. Okay, I wasn't sure if they were. Yeah, that makes it sense. It seems to be interchangeable. Interchangeable. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, there are organizations out there doing the work to push back on this. And if people are going to watch this show, and millions of people do, it is heartening to at least sometimes see real and important messaging. Mm -hmm. um, coming across, even if it's done imperfectly. Yeah. Uh, and, and even, even if, if the medium is inherently flawed. flawed. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and speaking of the medium being inherently flawed, the next thing that happens is the cocktail party, mm, yeah. and which is taken up almost entirely by uh, drama between Courtney and Demi. This was such a weird pivot to yeah. me. Like, I couldn't even tweet the rest of the time. Jarring, I was like, I can't yeah. make a bunch of jokes after. Right, right. Yeah, again, yeah. that's the, the, the medium. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, but first he talks to Hannah G. He takes her to his hotel room. She is in a hot pink slip dress and a high ponytail, and she looks exactly like Barbie. <laughs> I could not get over it. Um, and he, like, pins her down on his bed <laughs> for, like, a long time, it seems like. Um, meanwhile, Kaylin uh, has decided to um, just continue taking the high road, I guess, um, but but to actively squash the, the beef between uh, herself and Hannah B. Um, so she pulls her aside for a chat. And says there's been tension, um, there's been unnecessary drama. We've both put off addressing it. I think we just really need to to hash it out now and mm -hmm. let it go. And Hannah says, "Yeah, um, it's been uncomfortable. We used to be good friends, and then we fought. And it's okay if we're upset. There's just no getting around it." And Kaylin's like, "Well, no. I think that you know it's hard enough for us here in this competition as women. We should like." just let this feud mm -hmm. go and and we don't have to be friends but just like 
be a more supportive environment. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Hannah's like, yeah, well, we're both going to be here. Colton likes both of us. And, like, I don't hate you. And Caitlin's like, I don't hate you. Like, we don't wish harm on each other. Mm. And they're Yay. like, kiss and make up. And then Hannah says, I do accept her apology. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> that's, like, why I'm like, you know, there was a lot of build up to a pretty, like, oh, yeah, no, like, that was good enough for me to just completely not be viscerally unfurled every time someone whispers Kaylin's name in a room. Um, (laughs) So I just, like, don't fully... I don't fully buy it, but I would love if it weren't a thing anymore. Yeah, I'm excited for it to not be a thing. Uh, She says, World War III was averted tonight. (laughs) Um, Fun fact for Hannah, we're already in World (laughs) War III. It's called the War on Terror. (laughs) Um, But it was... I felt like Hannah was having a different conversation than Kaylin. Like, she was hearing things that Kaylin was not saying. Mm -hmm. And um, but it, if it works, you know, if it gets them to a place of peace, then so be it. Um, Courtney uh, begins sort of needling at Demi and the group. She's like, I hope that I will continue to be here and that people who don't deserve to be here won't be here much longer. And someone's like, oh, you mm-hmm. think some people don't deserve to be here? And she's like, yeah, I think some people don't deserve to be here. This isn't a game. This isn't show and tell. Or, it is, in fact, a game. It is yeah. kind of a game. Yeah. yeah. Game of love. Uh, Demi love gets up and leaves. I've never seen Demi avoid a conflict, um, which made me feel for a second like Courtney was getting the upper hand. I was like, she's beating Demi at her own game, mm-hmm. which um, I was wrong about. Uh, but so she kind of goes and stands in a corner behind some plants to avoid Courtney. <laughs> and Onyeka comes over and... Uh, t- chats to her and Demi's like I don't want to be mean but I just don't want to listen to Courtney right now and Anyeka's like oh well do you think Courtney's going to talk shit about you to Colton <laughs> Demi had not thought about that but now that she does she is not wasting any time oh yeah now it's like okay both of the women in the course of this evening say something like I'm really nice until I'm not which is a, <laughs> a, a classic bachelor uh, self description <laughs> um, so she immediately grabs Colton and says that Courtney uh, is the cancer of the house. Quite the oh, quite the thing to say. My God. I mean, that <laughs> is aggressive. So aggressive. That is like the most aggressive. Just really. And just a real outsized, you know, reaction. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, she's toxic. She attacked me. She said I was playing God. Like every accusation. <laughs> the thing is that like every attack that she says Courtney made on her sounds so mild. Mm, oh, compared yeah. to the cancer of the <laughs> yeah. house. Yeah, she says, like, this is the meanest thing that's <laughs> ever been said about me. I'm like, the meanest thing anyone's ever said about you is that, like, you play God. I find that very difficult <laughs> Or that to you're immature. Like, that's that, the yeah. meanest Very thing. difficult to believe. She's the kind of person who inspires intense reactions, and I'm sure people have said meaner <laughs> things to her than that. Um, Colton... Uh, Again, is like, oh, God, like, I've been, <laughs> it's like, oh, cool. I've okay. misjudged everything. <laughs> like, people are being cancerous out there, and I didn't even realize it. Uh, Courtney at this point interrupts them making out, <laughs> and Courtney immediately sits down. And, and it's unclear to me what she's kind of trying to accomplish. It seems like she is both throwing Demi under the bus and also being like giving Colton a hard time. Yeah. Like it, was she's, a, it was a bad tactical move. Right. Yeah. Like, she's sort of like, Demi pulled this shit on me, and then you rewarded her. Mm. And I want you to basically, like, explain <laughs> yourself. Like, why did you give her rose, and why did you not give me time? 
Um, so in the process, she's like, yeah, talking shit both about <laughs> another girl and Colton. Yeah, just a good a good look. <laughs> a very good look. I was like, you could just keep this only to Colton and maybe yeah. get away with it. You could be also, like, why didn't you give me time? Demi already has a rose. So yeah. the only person who's going to be harmed yeah, by this right, right. is Courtney. Yeah. yeah. There's she would no, have been better off. He's not going to take away Courtney's rose because he finds, or Demi's rose because he yeah. finds out that Demi, you know, yeah, went behind right, right. Courtney's no. back for time. Also, there are so many things, just like step by step, that are a recipe for a disaster with Courtney, and then like just being told it's like, oh yeah, someone thinks that you're the cancer of the house. It's not <laughs> <Yeah>. very easy <laughs> uh, news to receive. No, in like a, well, because he immediately is just like, oh, well, it's funny you say that about Demi. She said you were the cancer of the house. <laughs> it's a, like that's that like not is not even being said about me, but Claire looking me in the eyes <laughs> and just saying those words like just like makes me feel away. So it's just a yeah. lot. <laughs> I also I did appreciate the reaction of the other women when it came to light. Uh, that this had happened. They were like, wait, you actually said that? (laughs) What? Courtney sits down uh, with the the girls. Like, this clearly, the conversation with Colton goes poorly. Um, But she's like, no, Demi is the cancer. And he's like, I don't know what to believe even more now. You're both saying that the other person is the cancer. And, like, which one of you is telling the truth? (laughs) Colton cannot handle disagreements between... The women. He's just yeah. like, I'm at a loss. Yeah. You both say the other one is wrong. <laughs> Who can be believed? <laughs> um, so Courtney sits down and is like, all right, I want to take a poll. Everyone raise your hand if you think I'm the cancer in the house. And Demi just like shoots her hand up and no one else does. Everyone else is like, what? Who would say that? And Demi's like, me. I said it. I believe it. I love it. She's a cancer. Um, and Courtney's like, how? And Demi's like, you just are. You're mean, and you attacked me. You said I was playing God and that I was immature. <laughs> and so, therefore, you definitely are the cancer of the house. <laughs> Makes sense. Like, they both are just in this thing where they're like, I can't believe you said that horrible thing about me. I'm now going to confirm it by <laughs> doing something even worse. Because um, then Courtney is like, oh, well, you're immature and you need a timeout. And I was like, oh, it's God, like, you're both like, being you so doing? terrible right now. Um, it's interesting. None of the, All the other women... Like, it seems like Courtney is a huge drip, and none of them are loving her commentary. But also, when Demi, when they find out Demi called her cancer, they're all like, well, that was really uncalled for, to be honest. Um, so I don't think the house is really behind either of them. They would all like to be excluded from this narrative. Um, and then it's time for the, the rose ceremony. Uh, and Demi is like, you know... I think that Courtney should go home over Tracy. I'm I'm the one person who has the balls to say there's mm-hmm. someone here who sucks. Maybe she could not suck someday, but she <laughs> sucks now. Um, and the roses go to Hannah G, Heather, Kerpa, Hannah B, Katie, Elise, Sydney, Cassie, Nicole, and Onyeka. Goodbye, Tracy and Tracy Courtney. And Courtney. Demi's One two foes. Just wow. Honestly, I'm worried for Demi that, like, I mean, I <laughs> she sucks, so I'm not like worried for her, but <laughs> I'm worried that she won't have a storyline anymore. Oh yeah, now it's just like okay, no. Now oh, I, just, I think oh, no, like no. she's sort of run it her course, yeah. and then Colton's going to eventually in the next few weeks just yeah. send her home. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of wild that she like got the group date rose. When he doesn't seem that interested in her, in fact, seems uncomfortable around yeah, her. Yeah, 
Um, and it's, so it seems like it was for drama. Like mm. it was a producer pick. But now he's like stuck with her <laughs> and all of her drama partners are gone. Um, and uh, on her way out, Courtney says – Again, that Demi is the cancer of the house. <laughs> can we just, just not, like not? Can we just not? I mean, that's like just... the word "cancer" was really overused this episode. Um, and she's like, I think it says a lot that Demi chose to bash another female when she already had a rose. Okay, there's just so much happening. That's feminism. <laughs> I mean, um. no one in this little trio, I mean, more so Demi Courtney here, but like Tracy, like they're, all three have their stuff. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, there's there's no winners here. It's really just like, yeah, the, the worst people just gravitating <laughs> yeah, into a little yeah, rat yeah. king in the middle <laughs> of the, the groups. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Demi's like, Dr. Demi, cut out the cancer. Um, and then she toasts to no more leeches ever again. And then the credits are just more shots of the women retching at the thought of eating, like, pig intestines. Which and is then actually... filming Anyeka vomiting, yeah. which is just no one needs. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I having eaten a lot of meat in a hot location before, mm-hmm. it's not great for your stomach. <laughs> uh, if you ever, you know, just want to cram yourself full of exotic meats and uh, – and then run around in, in the 100-degree heat. I recommend not doing yeah, that. Yeah, no, fair. I mean, fair enough. <laughs> Bad idea. Um, so any final thoughts on this episode as we wrap up? I mean, there were so many different <laughs> I'm emotionally exhausted. I mean, just think that we had, like, two very vulnerable, intense conversations, one more than the other. Uh, and then you go to cancer of the house. Like, yeah. there's just – there was a lot. I to, had, like – just yeah. emotional whiplash. Yeah. Oh my this god. Episode. Yeah. And just, we got whiplash just like that bungee jump. That's you know, really what I'm it just, was. I'm ready for. I want to. I want to see Colton cry. I want to see him jump over a fence. Like I'm ready for that. Have we have we seen Colton cry at all yet? He, he cried. He cried a little bit during his conversation with Kaylin. Okay. Yeah. 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 Not but a full not sob. not like a yeah. full breakdown think, yeah, because yeah. he's so exhausted from yeah. this process. Yeah. Because I thought like or during his conversation, like he was pretty good at just kind of being present, which I think like you want when you're telling someone something, like they're just kind of like they're listening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we haven't seen him. No walls yet. No breakdowns. They're coming though. They're coming. <laughs> they oh, they're coming. Well, I'm really just in this season for the wall at this point. For yeah, that wall. Oh jump. yeah, oh yeah. Can't but, wait. Yeah, no, I mean overall, um, I mean there's just so much that happened this episode. I feel <sighs> like more so in the second half. There, this group of women is yeah. just messy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, aren't they always? Who do we want to see like more of? Is the because like I feel like we don't see any of Kerpa. I want more I like Kerpa because really she like... has some really great facial expressions. Oh my god! Like, like <laughs> yeah. during like the cancer of the house. Stuff, yeah, like, she, she was, was just like, just, like holding back yeah. laughter yeah. in the corner. It reminded me of that Will's moment yeah. where he's like hiding behind a pillow. Like, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah I want more Kerpa. Oh, Will's. Um, I'd like to actually see more from Cassie because we know that uh, Colton is so into yeah. her, but yeah. we've seen very little of their actual conversations. Yeah. Or... The problem is that the girls Colton is actually into are not that interesting. And so I don't necessarily even want to see more of them, right. even if I like yeah. them. And then, they the might girl, just be and, then, and then the other girls yeah. are just the ones he keeps around for drama, and they're like nightmares. Yeah. And so there's very few people on this season that I actually want to see yeah. more for, of. For me, I feel like the people I want to I like and I want to see more of are Tasha, Cassie, yes, um, Tasha, like uh, Kerpa, Nicole, 
Nicole um, is very yeah. funny, Nicole, I just and think I could like, use more it, of her. I think Nicole is just like one of us. Yeah, you know, like that just like very much seems to be the vibe. Um, and wait, who else? Oh, I was gonna say Sydney, but I also I wanted to highlight too. I meant I meant to say it was like when they had the group date and like Demi ran at Colton and all that. Sydney's the next one to hug him, but like she hugs him like a bro or just like this like <laughs> side. It's like so I really I don't think it does Sydney's not seem into that, Colton. I do not yeah. think Sydney's into Colton with her. She's just like oh god. Okay, she's like this. I quit my job, yeah. so I'm <laughs> she's here. Like, quit my, it's <laughs> like all right, we're just out. gonna you know enjoy this vacation and you know so that was like my first glimpse to like oh she is just not not into yeah. this man. He's like, got some good buddies not, on the, yeah, 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 the group. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think we're about to see like the uh just like the the surge of the buddies just being like, yeah, so you know Yeah, like, this isn't working out. Bye. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're we're nearing a watershed. Next week is episode five and I, I can't wait, quite frankly. Brett, thank you so much for joining us It's today. such a delight to have oh. you on always. Oh. Please come back soon. I have nothing but time. <laughs> Nothing but time. Well, no, you're lucky all, you're us. both great, and yeah, thank you very much. This is where we normally do feminism fails, and to be clear, this episode was not exactly a, a triumph of modern feminism, <laughs> but there were a couple standout moments that we wanted to highlight because the show has done so much worse in the past. So we have a couple feminism wins for you. This yeah, week. wow, <laughs> look at that. Um, so first, uh, Colton's conversation about divorce with Taisha was uh, surprisingly non-judgmental and. Uh, prioritized her ability to find happiness in life. And I loved that. Who'd have thunk <laughs> that this show could do that? And then, of course, as we discussed at length, there was a really honest and unflinching conversation that Kaylin and Colton had about Kaylin's experience of being sexually assaulted. And I think, you know, we've talked about the thorniness of that, but also um, why having a story on this public a platform can be really powerful. Yeah. And... Uh, also, Kaylin decided to quash the beef with Hannah this episode. And, uh, you know, conflict between women is not inherently anti-feminist, but it was uh, positive to see them decide not to play into some sort of like cat fight narrative and decide to have a more mature level of distaste for each other. And I'm going to count that as a win, too. Absolutely. They got to end the conflict on their terms rather than, you know, one of them defeating the other by leaving them on leaving, an island. Right. Leaving them on an island or like, you know, Colton deciding that one of them was more desirable. So therefore they right. won. Um, this this felt this felt better. I preferred it. <laughs> And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks so much to our guest, Brett Vergara, and our producers, Nick Offenberg and Sarah Patterson. Please subscribe to Here to Make Friends wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star rating and review. You don't want to miss a moment of Colton's season recaps. Also, give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Here to Make Friends Pod. And you can follow us individually on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Emma Lady Rose. And I'm at Claire E. Fallon. We'll be back on Tuesday. Thank you.
Hey there, I'm Rachel Roberts, and this is Don't Sleep On It by HuffPost. Today, we're switching things up with a rundown of some new books you shouldn't be sleeping on this month with culture writer for HuffPost, Claire Fallon. Claire focuses on literary fiction and trends, language, and pop culture, and most importantly for our purposes today, is one of our resident book critics. Also super important, Claire is one half of HuffPost's Bachelor Recap podcast, Here to Make Friends. Thank you for letting me steal you for a second today, Claire. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me a little bit. No problem, no problem. Uh, uh, so when we were prepping for this, you mentioned that you don't have a favorite book. Yeah, I don't have a favorite book. Books are so different. They offer so many varieties of experience as a reader. It's hard to, to pick one that is head and shoulders above all the rest. Right. I was wondering if it was kind of like you can't choose your favorite child. Yeah, well, I don't know yet whether I'll be able to choose a favorite child, but I certainly hope I'll feel the same way about my children that I feel about my favorite books. They're all equal in their different ways. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but you have some recommendations for us. Yes, I've been reading some of the new January fiction and nonfiction, and there are a few books that I really think people should should check out. Great. What's the first one? Uh, so the most recent book that, that I read is called All the Lives We Ever Lived, Seeking Solace in Virginia Woolf by Catherine Smith. And it's a memoir about her father's death from cancer and also a exploration of Virginia Woolf's novel To the Lighthouse, which is one of sort of the most famous novels about uh, parental death and grieving. I'm a big fan of Virginia Woolf, so I instantly, you know, latched onto that. Um, but it's a really beautiful, thoughtful book, and especially if you have gone through loss in your life, I I thought it was really um, relatable and thoughtfully written, and also a beautiful new perspective on on a book that a lot of people love. And if you haven't read *To the Lighthouse*, you should also read that. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say, do you feel like you need to have read *To the Lighthouse* before reading this one, or do you think you can just like take it on? That's a good question. Um, I think you could definitely still read it, but you would definitely get a lot more out of out of this book if you had read To the Lighthouse. So it's like two recommendations in one. It's sneaky. Yeah. It's a sneaky two book recommendation. <laughs> All right. What's maybe your third recommendation, I guess? <laughs> uh, yes. Um, the book The Water Cure by Sophie McIntosh has been getting a good amount of buzz this month um, for good reason. It is a very eerie, unsettling novel about three sisters who live with their mother and father on what appears to be this remote island, and their father leads them in this uh, cult-like lifestyle. They think the outside world is impure. He He's the only one who's able to leave the island, but one day he doesn't come back, and they're left with their mother. Um, and then some strange men arrive on the island. And it ends up being this fascinating examination of gender dynamics and desire and uh, family um, relationships. And it's been described a lot as a dystopia. It could be happening right now. It's sort of about this very isolated family and, and the little world they create together. But it does speak a lot to the kinds of conversations that we're having about, you know, consent and uh, autonomy um, and gender relations right now. 
Oh, that sounds so good. It's really good. Uh, when you said dystopian, I feel like it's having such a moment right now. I feel like everything is dystopian. And often even things that aren't actually set uh, in the future, which is how we would traditionally talk about dystopia, are being described as dystopian because the current political moment feels very dystopian. And I don't really... <laughs> know uh, how helpful that feels, but it is really clarifying sometimes to see those things being unpacked in fiction. Um, there is a certain hopefulness about feeling like you're engaging with, with what's actually going on in the world through art as well as through you know your news consumption. Absolutely. Well, that sounds really good and timely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you have a third one. Yeah. I just recently uh, picked up, and I haven't finished yet, uh, the short story collection, Mouthful of Birds, by Samantha Schweblin, who is an Argentinian-born writer. Uh, the book was translated by Megan McDowell, who's a great translator. And I've spoken to so many people, other critics that I really respect over the years, who really love the author Samantha Schweblin. And this is the first book of hers I've picked up. And it doesn't disappoint. She's so um, got such a, a weird... Uh, unsettling. Clearly, that's a kind of book I like. Uh, sort of. <laughs> There's a theme. There's a theme. <laughs> yeah. Um, her stories are are sort of off kilter in a way that's very revealing about things that lie beneath the surface. And I can't wait to read the rest of them. Um, so, And I wish that I had finished it so that I could say more, but I really uh, recommend that people check it out. Awesome. I had this thought when you were talking when you find a book is disappointing, do you ever put it down or do you have to finish it? I do put books down. But not every time. It's a constant struggle because I often want to give a book a chance to to take me. Some, sometimes a book teaches you how to read it. Sometimes I start a book and I think, eh. And then by the end, I realize that I just wasn't processing it in, in the correct way. Other times I read the whole book and I'm like, that was a waste of time. There was something else I could have been reading. But that's just part of you know the experience of, of being a reader. And I think in the end... You know, you just have to make your decisions, read what you want to read, and you'll definitely get something out of, of whatever you choose to read. I think that's a wonderful note to end on. Thank you so I mean, saying a book teaches you how to read it is like one of the most beautiful phrases I think I've ever heard. I forget like where lovely. I first heard that. I'm sure I heard it from someone, but I, I think about that often when I'm struggling with a book, and sometimes it's really helpful. Yeah. But thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and for Claire's various recommendations throughout the year and critiques of books? Yes. yes. Uh, critiques of books, <laughs> head to HuffPost.com. You can find all future episodes of Don't Sleep On It on Google Home, Amazon Alexa, and Apple Podcasts.